0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds podcast.
1: Each episode we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, their innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front-row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals.
0: Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies gain fresh perspectives and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American mastermind.
1: Well, I would like to welcome some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. My name is Rob Adams. I'm sitting next to my co-host, Topher. How's it how going, you, everybody? How are you doing, Topher? Doing well. Yeah. How are you, big guy? Oh, my gosh. It's good to be me. <laughs> and then across the table from us, we have the Bybies. We have Kale and Nikki. They're uh, our special guests. Then we're going to talk a little bit about hormone therapy and the pros and cons of doing it as a man, the reasons that you should do it, and maybe some things you should think about along the way. And so we're just going to have a frank conversation about um, some hormone therapy and about what it uh, what it entails. Does that sound good? Sounds great. So, Cale, okay, introduce yourself really quick. Tell us uh, your favorite color. <laughs> uh,
2: black. All right. Um, yeah, my name is Cale Bybee. I manage the operations at Revitalized Medical, and uh, I've, I'm, I've been geeking out on hormones for several years now.
1: All right. Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, my name is Nikki. I'm a physician assistant, and I'm the founder and medical director of Revitalize. We opened it in 2016. I've been doing hormones for about nine years now, and it's awesome.
1: It is awesome. It is awesome. Well, and I just so you know, um, as we do this uh, podcast, I am not only a uh, um, doing the podcast, but I'm a client of Revitalize, and uh, happily so. I've been a client for almost—I think it's actually been just over a year that I've been going. And the one thing that i want to ter- tell you is just yesterday i uh, hit my 30 pound mark i lost 30 pounds since february and so it doesn't happen overnight this isn't a magic bullet and that's the one thing that i want to tell everybody this isn't a magic bullet but i've been trying to lose this weight so i lost lost 100 over 100 pounds and slowly as i've grown older my metabolism has slowed down and the weight has been sneaking on and i've been trying hard i work out i've been eating better doing you know i mean better but not 100% healthy and doing everything that I used to do in order to lose the weight and the weight just kept on coming on and coming on and um, and a lot of other things were happening too. I wasn't feeling rested. I was having a, like at 2 o'clock I was having a crash every day. Mm-hmm. All of these things were happening and I thought, wow, this is what it feels like. This is what it must feel like to be a man of a certain age and I think that what we have been um, brought up to believe in the United States and maybe all over the world is that as we grow older we do feel tired more often we don't have as much energy we don't have as much focus and so it seems to me that that's why we have a little bit of ageism I, I've always felt it like gosh, you know this old guy he you know of course he doesn't have the energy and and the stamina and all the things that go with that but it's um, it's unnecessary to live that way in right. fact it, it, since I've been coming to Revitalize, it's a crime. You shouldn't, you shouldn't live unhappily. And so, when I first showed up at Revitalize Solution, I was a skeptic. I was very much a skeptic. I was like, okay, let's see what this looks like. And I went in and I sat down, and do you remember our initial conversation?
3: I don't think it was with me, No, I read your chart.
1: Yeah. Well, the initial conversation was I was kind of going over all of the things of what it's like to be a typical male of, of a certain age, like this is, I'm having these problems, and they're happening a lot, and it's getting to be more and more, like, I'm just settling into the whole idea of this is what miserable is about. <laughs> what occurs to me is that a lot of men are going through life, and they're at a certain age, and they're going to their doctor, and what are the answers they're getting from their doctor?
2: Kale, what what do you think? You're fine, Uh, everything's normal. Ran your blood work, you're good. Probably just need to start exercising more, maybe cut back on uh, some of the food you're eating. And uh, oh, yeah quit drinking so much beer oh yeah right? yeah uh,
1: a healthy diet what yeah. does that even mean <laughs> nobody <laughs> defines it nobody defines it and if i look at the food pyramid that i was raised to uh believe in that's the same pyramid they used to fatten up cows before they take them to the slaughter <laughs> it's the same we're gonna we're gonna load you up on carbs buddy and you're gonna go in and be chubby and and be miserable and so here i am eating right I'm doing air quotes Um, and um, I exercise I've been exercising my whole life I'm a big fan of exercising and I'm still gaining the weight I still feel like crap all the time yeah I guess that's just how it is so my doctor you know he wants to put me on a statin and the side effects of some of the medicines that they want to put you on as you're growing older is the cholesterol control I I have high cholesterol that runs in my family yeah and plus my diet wasn't conducive to like probably a a very low cholesterol (laughs) number and so I, when I went in, my cholesterol was high, a lot of my, a lot of my, um, fluids were off. I'm going to sound like a mechanic for a second, but I, I needed a, a checkup and these guys drew, I don't know, 13 gallons of blood. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. Why does it take so much, Nikki? Why does it? I'm serious. Like it's a lot of blood. Why does it take so much? It's
3: eight vials.
1: Yeah. Um, Big vials.
3: Gigantic. Uh, we generally run everything that is normally included in your primary care's annual physical so like um, your cholesterol, your blood sugar your liver and kidney function, your red and white blood cells, all of those things and then we also draw everything related to hormones because that's our niche and then we draw micronutrient things as well like vitamins like D, B12 there's a little bit of genetic testing in there so it's pretty comprehensive. It's a it's a really nice like bird's eye view of your overall health and wellness with an emphasis in your hormones.
1: Right, and it's it's a lot of blood. So if you're if giving blood is a problem, <laughs> think twice. But be wary. Um, I think that when I've done physicals before, they'll just check for my cholesterol, um, and I think that's it. I don't I don't think they ever talked about my free testosterone they never talked Mm -hmm. about my vitamin levels on any level when I talked to my primary care physician and so when he's telling me to eat right and exercise more I'm eating right I go to the gym every day except for Saturdays and Sundays I'm I'm a I'm a gym goer and I'm spending an hour I'm doing cardio I'm doing all the things that I've been trained to do to help me get healthy and I still am getting fatter so so what do you do you go
0: see Revitalize. You go see revitalized. <laughs> There's
1: the solution. So we get these 43 vials of blood, you said. And um, we come back, and there was a lot of educating. I felt like um, kind of coming from a bodybuilder background. I was very familiar with um, my blood and a lot of different things, and I spent the whole time learning. I learned so much in that very first appointment on what I didn't know about my body. It's surprising that we um, get our oil checked, um do all of these things for our cars regular maintenance but with the most important machine that i'm running never we never check the oil we never look under the hood we get the basic checkup you're good you don't have prostate cancer have a nice day that's about it for a physical for a man of a certain age and i should know more about what's happening in my body and so that's what i was i found it fascinating and i've always been a student of um of how to be healthy and and um, wanting to learn, but I was really blown away with the amount of information that you guys shared with me.
3: Yeah, it's um, it's something that we really emphasize, um, and maybe something that distinguishes us from other clinics, and definitely from the limited amount of time that your primary care provider has to spend with you talking about these types of things. But we're into something called co-decision making, um, and so that's that's not us telling you what to do, right? Which is kind of a typical dynamic when you go see a doctor is you have seven minutes and they give you the, you know, cliff notes of whatever test they run or what they think and they say, they give you a prescription your say, do this, yeah, Yeah. what pharmacy do you want? Take this, right? Um, See if it doesn't work yeah type of thing right
1: but then no one follows up if it doesn't work if if it doesn't work you don't know any better i could be taking the same medicine for a year go back for my physical and realize it was a waste of time my cholesterol hasn't changed at all
3: it's true follow-up is essential yeah yeah so in in order to facilitate that type of co-decision making where it's um not us telling you what to do but us deciding as a team what works for you what you want to do what your priorities are what your goals are and then you know, consolidating that or integrating that with our suggestions and your labs. In order for that whole thing to happen, you have to be educated. The patient has to know the pros and cons of each approach. They have to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Why
1: is it important?
3: Exactly. And so patient education is um, essential to the whole process.
1: Um, I was listening to one of my favorite um, philosophers, Carl Jung. He was talking today about, um, you don't know um how to fix the pain until you um, discover where the pain is coming from he talks Mm -hmm. a lot about going deep and um, i feel like the medicine that i've been given in the past was treating symptoms rather than treating the 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 reason what where is this coming from i'm having i need to take this so i can have that and then that causes another problem like why can't we go back more to the core and be more i don't know if the holistic is the word i want to use but i want to treat the whole system rather than just this one incident that's happening Mm -hmm and so that's something that i've appreciated and the second part is is if anyone really tells me to do anything my first inclination is to not to mm-hmm. i think most men are that way you don't tell me let's talk about it right. and so when i'm taking these vitamins and i've and we'll talk a little bit more about my my experience with a, I tried this once before they told me what to take and i almost immediately I, all those vi- six hundred dollars worth of vitamins went in the garbage pretty much because they told me what was, it. I had no, I had no idea why it was important. Why, if I got my vitamin B12 up, what, what, what good will that do for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a reason. Okay, well, I'm, I'm in for that reason. That's a good reason, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so let's start back. Let's, let's go back a little bit.
0: You get a new patient that comes in. Okay, you're looking at. You mentioned cholesterol and testosterone. I know that testosterone recently, the guys are actually caring about what their testosterone number actually is, and we're. It seems like, as a society, we're starting to, to, you know, look at that as one of the big factors that uh, for men's health. So, when somebody comes in, what are the main categories that you're? Where do you start? I guess is my question.
3: Where do we start with a new patient?
0: Yes. When you're doing your tests, you take those the 55 uh, vials of blood. (laughs) (laughs) What are you looking for? Um,
3: Everything, Um, because. You know the way that we approach labs is with a different mindset and a different philosophy than than a typical primary care, who's looking to make sure that those lab values fall within the reference range, right? That's called like the normal range. So whenever whenever anybody's seen their labs, right, they'll see their their personal result and then they'll see um, the lab's reference range and and. I did this in my training, like in primary care, you just scan through the labs, make sure that the lab hasn't flagged anything as high or low. Basically, we're making sure you're not dying, right? And as long as you're not dying, you're good. Have That's good considered normal, right? Um, you're in normal range. And and I think it's a little, it's unfortunate, but it's why I have a job. There's no consideration for what the patient is experiencing, mm-hmm. right? The symptoms, right? So. Yes, we use labs, obviously, 54 vials of it, right? Um, Three, four times a year, but it's a guide, right? It's a guide, and it often ends up being something that's super validating for the patient. Sure. For two reasons. Number one is we can see in labs things that correlate with what they're experiencing, and that that gives them hope, right? That there's a reason, that it's not in their head, that they're not making it up, or that it's not just normal aging that needs to be accepted, right? So that's validating. And then the follow-up labs are are also really helpful for the patient because it's black and white data. It's objective evidence that what we're doing is working.
1: With a baseline.
3: Exactly, they can see their trends over time, right? We can show them, look, you're on hormone replacements and it's been six months and look, your cholesterol numbers are coming down and your blood sugar is under tighter control and your liver is happier. You know, so it's fun to, to, I'm a data nerd, so that's one of the most fun parts about this whole journey is um, watching those trends over time. Well, cool. I'd
0: imagine that probably helps guys much like yourself really buy in it turns into like a science experiment and then you you kind of go back and like oh we've tweaked this you know and so I want to get this number I want my testosterone to be up here you know and and how we do this okay
3: yeah and Kel can speak to this too if you would like because you know he's a little bit of a nerd too and he has a whole spreadsheet right Um, of his lab values and he also has familial hypercholesterolemia which is high you know genetic high cholesterol so um, and he also tracks his DEXA scan data, which is body composition analysis—how much body fat you have, how much muscle mass, how much bone density—and um, he has identified like the interventions that he's done along the way. Like he did keto for a while, he did intermittent fasting for a while, and then he's been on testosterone for the last two years. And um, well, jump in here until, well, yeah. <laughs> and tell. Well,
2: I think something important to point out. So, so Nikki mentioned the lab values, normal it's based off of this range of um, just the entire population. So 80-year-old people are included in that and um, every range, age range you got. And the, the people that are being tested are generally sick in a hospital, right? Oh, yeah. So um, the point is what we really should be looking at for optimal values, and this is why we are, one of our slogans uh, is um, normal is not optimal. And What we should be shooting for is if you took 100 healthy 25-year-old individuals and tested their blood, that's where you want to be. The benchmark. So so really what's happening, what Rob's describing is his blood and my blood is probably much closer to our 25-year-old selves if we could go back and drop then.
1: Hmm.
2: We're getting closer and closer to that, right? Hmm. And so our bodies are functioning, Uh, they're able to handle the everything in life in a much better way, right? And that's why you see guys with, um, if you look at a guy when he's 25, does he have erectile dysfunction? No. Does he have super high anxiety and stress? No. Does he have trouble with weight? No. He can get away, he can get away with a lot of stuff. Good his energy great, levels, sleep. Yeah, energy, sleep, all of it. Um, and so I think that's something to, and, and so when I hear people say, oh no, 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 if you take hormones, that could be bad for you. And it's like, so us using bioidentical hormones, the same stuff that your body creates on its own, to take you to that level that you were at when you were 25. Well, how come 25-year-olds aren't getting, you know, sick and having all these problems and all, like symptoms are generally your body screaming like something's out of balance, right? right? It's the lights, so, the lights in the
1: on the in the dash of the car exactly. flashing. You know, they're yeah. trying to tell you something.
2: So for me, it's been fun to geek out on that and watch. Like I've put on almost 20 pounds of muscle since I started testosterone. I don't have to work out as much. I don't get injured when I work out. I have the energy and drive. I started jiu-jitsu a year ago. I go every morning at 6 a.m. I can't wait to get out of bed and go to jiu-jitsu, right? The old kale? Oh, hell no. <laughs> He's sleeping in because he was drinking beer to get rid of the stress the night before, right? Like, um, it's, and I've had the luxury in this role, revitalized, to see hundreds of men make this change and become, find that guy they were 10, 20 years ago. Some of these guys don't figure it out until they're in their late 50s, 60s. Um, And it's unfortunate. They sat there and- Were miserable. Suffered, because they just didn't know. So I'm just grateful we're getting people. Why do you
1: think we as men are so resistant to this kind of intervention? Like, what is keeping us from, not everybody, there should be a line of dudes
2: with their hands up saying, I'd like to feel better. Like, what is keeping us from doing that? I think a lot of it's knowledge. Um, one thing that was interesting, Nikki and I were just talking about it. She knew the answer, of course, but I'm like, do you know the number one prescription requested by men at their doctor? Because Viagra. The reptile Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> 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 so we will uh, go to the doctor to well, get Viagra. Certain <laughs> problems need a very specific fix, and yeah. it needs to be
0: fixed immediately.
2: immediately uh, yeah, why not fix that? I mean, again, we get to the root cause of that. you, yeah. And we solve that just getting your body functioning in the way it should. The thing that's interesting about testosterone, it's
1: not just that. I mean, that is awesome, but yeah. it's not just that. But <laughs> it's the clarity, the level of energy that I have, the recovery that I'm having. Like it's all of the things that I had when I was 25, 26 years old that I haven't had in a while, and it's 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 so much more that it's hard for me to say to a dude like this is you gotta go check it. Any at, at any point when you get pat into your 30s, like you should you should see what's happening under the hood. You should see how things are running. I had a friend this last week, he died, 48 years old, massive heart attack, shaking me, it's shaking me. And I have to think to myself, would something like this keep people from dying? Would this save lives if people had lower cholesterol, lower stress, higher energy, higher levels of fitness? And I'm not a doctor, I stayed at a Holiday Inn once, but it (laughs) seems to me like if we had all those things better, we would live a much more quality life. And I think about my friend, good guy leaving these young kids behind his children and the love of his life and all of these things life was starting to really go well for him and it's all gone 48 is devastatingly right. young Right. but what is happening with all of these men who are living in that quiet desperation that they talk about because they just think this is how it is
0: yeah well, it's, the, is it ego the ironic part to that is it's probably the same thing that we're talking about the testosterone that guys have which produces the ego to say I'm a man, hear me roar, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm not going to the doctor, (laughs) right, is the the thing that you kind of need to go to the doctor and maybe have checked out because that's not, that's not what's giving you what you need right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting that we will go to the doctor for all of these symptoms that are unhealthy, but I want to go to the doctor not because I'm sick, I want to go to the doctor because I want to be more healthy, I want to be, have a better quality of life because I'm 50... Am I 51 or 52? I'm old enough that I can't remember my age. <laughs> that and it's, That's old. And I have to say that um, the older I get, the more important my quality of life has become because I don't want to be that guy that is retired and stranded on the couch because he can't health, he can't in any way travel or enjoy life. And I, I just think that's, that's a shame. And so I think about that a lot. I think that um, when you were telling me the ratio of men to women being treated, you said it's like a 30 70 ratio. men. Oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: And I, that's astounding to me. I would imagine
2: in this day, it would have been flipped. And so that's a surprise to me. And I've been thinking, I'd say half of the men that we do have, their wives dragged them in. So (laughs) it wasn't like they voluntarily showed up. Um, their wives are like, no, 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 get this guy going. Yeah. Listen, fellas, put your ego down for a second and try feeling better. I'm just going to say it.
0: Well, and maybe that's really an important point to make is like, especially with something that you guys are doing, it, most guys, I know myself, I fall into this. I don't want to go to the doctor because if, if if I don't say that anything's broken, nothing is. And if I go to the doctor, they're going to say something's broken. Mm-hmm. If we could maybe change the, the culture and the mindset behind this to say, no, it is taking your, this is your car. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, starve your car you know you're one of our motorcycles you're not going to starve it of oil yeah right. Why would, you, would you put cheap gas you're in not going to put cheap gas in there <laughs> no. no no so Hell take no. care of your, of your body and by doing this you're going to places like this figuring out what's going on under the hood and, and making improvements into your life
3: I, th- I think some of it too is just the i don't know if it's cultural or just historically how people have uh, experienced this this whole deal of going to the doctor, right? Like you touched on, it's generally when something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um, or they, you know, the kind of thing where they don't they don't want to know, right? They don't want to know if something's uh, wrong or if there's a risk factor that they're unaware of, right? So there's a little bit of of that, I think, a little bit of fear of the unknown, um, and I think it's it's also our fault in. As far as like healthcare providers go, in that we are, um, we tend to be trained to uh, slap band-aids on symptoms, um, or fix disease, right? But wellness is not simply the absence of disease, right? So it's kind of flipping the narrative towards um, towards wellness and health as opposed to um, treating or controlling or managing Managing. chronic disease that's the word right managing Managing disease right and so yeah people think and they're not wrong when they think that going to the doctor is is for things like for people who have like diabetes and cardiovascular disease and cancer right and so if i feel okay like not great um there's no reason for me to go to the doctor, right? Because a lot of people are unaware that there are providers out there. And by the way, the the providers who work in this type of field of wellness and health, it's called functional medicine, Hmm. right? So functional medicine focuses on quality of life and maintaining function through the lifespan. And when we talk about function, we're talking about things like your ability to sleep and your sex life and your energy and your mood and your body composition, right? And no primary care provider can address these things in a seven minute, you know, once a year visit. So it is it is a niche, um, but it's out there and it's getting more and more traction every day. Um, and it's a just a different experience than what people are used to when they go to the doctor.
0: Well, this is the kind of stuff that, sorry to interject no, right there, but this is the kind of stuff that we're, and maybe this is what's helping change that culture a little bit, so a little plug for you guys. Joe Rogan has a six pack and he's 50, almost 60 years old. RFK Junior, just saw him with his shirt off. What do you think they're doing to accomplish this, right? Mm-hmm. This is the stuff that Health, they're, they're, uh, the, they're, right, they're doing. Eating right and exercise. Right, and they're taking the right <laughs> stuff and, and testosterone supplements and using that stuff. That's how they're, that's how they're maintaining this pace at, at 50, 60 years old. It wasn't that long ago, even me growing up, where you think of a 45 year old guy, and that was an old man. Dad and, and now that's just simply not the case and you're seeing this stuff all around now these are the tools of how they're doing it yeah, it's, and, and it's
1: not even just how you look it's really how you feel Like mm-hmm. I look a lot better than I did a year ago I'm, I I want to get a before and after picture to, to, to post into this podcast because the change in my body has been significant but it's how I feel when I get on the phone and I do my job when I'm playing with my children when I'm just doing, just doing life. Doing and,
0: jiu-jitsu at 6 o'clock
1: in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I know? just feel so much more focused and, and more clear and uh, more energy. It's really been amazing. Kind of unbelievable. Like, I hear myself saying it, and I sound like a religious zealot, like you're not going to believe <laughs> how good you'll feel. <laughs> but it's undeniable. And um, at the beginning of my treatment at Revitalize, it was like, this takes time. This doesn't happen overnight. And so I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And about three months ago, I was kind of like... Mm, here it is, here it's coming on I can feel it coming on, so it it takes a minute to happen, but man, it's just undeniable, the way that it controls your appetite, and and all the things that go along with it, one of the things that I wanted to bring up is, I've done this before, I've had hormone I went to a hormone doctor one other time and they took um, my eight vials of blood and i went back and the doctor sat down with me very patient man listened to me talked to me um went over the things and just you know broke down the definitions of the words and what this means and why it's important and then um kind of hustled me out the door and handed me off to his assistant and she took me into a giant room that was clear full of vitamins and they sold me vitamins and it was this huge upsell on vitamins and i walked out the door honestly with six hundred dollars worth of these vitamins i didn't know if i take two do i take one do i take them in the morning do i take them at night do i how do i get more if i run out like i never had any kind of a clue when i was with these guys um a gal came in and sat down and she's like get this one at costco it's get this brand it's the best brand and they have it for you and this one you want to buy online this was a really good one to get on amazon and like went through there was no there was no hardcore upsell there was like my health was important period there wasn't my health was important besides the fact that we're going to make a ton of money on vitamins off of you. But they made sure I was getting the right vitamins and that I understood when to take them. And I had a list of what to take, when to take it, how often, and the whole thing when I left, which was awesome. The second part was that when I left that doctor's office, I never heard from him again.
3: Hmm.
1: When I went into you guys, you said we have... Tell me about your program. Like, What does it look like if I come in and I sign up for a year? What, what can I expect?
3: Yeah, so um, we do ask people to commit to 12 months Um, and there's there's a few reasons for that I think one of the biggest ones is what Rob touched on is that it it takes time and so it's a disservice to the patient I think when um, when we we're not transparent about that because what ends up happening um, is people will try something they'll dabble right for like I'll just see how this goes for like three or four months and if it's not like mind blowing or life changings, they walk away. Right. And they're like, well, I tried that. So and it didn't work or it didn't work for me. So they walk away from hormones indefinitely or maybe forever. Right. Um, which is sad because if they give it enough time, they will see the results and we will provide the data, um, the labs and the DEXA scans that show change that you may not even be able to feel, right? Like you can't feel your cholesterol getting better. Right. Right. Um, so we do ask for that twelve month commitment, but we are following you really closely. Our typical cadence is that we're checking in with patients about every eight to ten weeks. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so we do that initial lab draw. We spend an hour and a half in that first visit um, analyzing. I was tired
1: when I left. It was a lot. It's of exhausting. Information. Right? There was a lot of information. Like I was just like, I need a nap. Yeah, Get me out lot. of here. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, it takes a minute, um, but we do. We're pretty thorough and. Um, And, you know, these types of conversations take a minute, right? Like, our top five symptoms that we touch on are energy levels, sleep, um, sleep quality, and sleep time, and the ability to fall asleep within 20 minutes, stay asleep for seven to eight hours, wake up refreshed, right? It sounds so simple, but it's pretty rare, actually. So we focus a lot on sleep. Um, We focus a lot on sex lives. That's something that kind of falls through the cracks uh, with your typical primary care. Um, Body composition is a big one. And when we talk about body composition, we're not talking about just like weight loss, right? We're we're focusing on optimizing all of your body composition. So that's more muscle mass, more bone density, and less body fat, right? So all three together, not just weight loss.
1: You you can find out how much more your left arm weighs than your right arm.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's pretty yeah. intense. It's oh, a wow. dial
1: down. Like I was, I was, like I read the report, and I'm like, dang, my left leg versus my right leg, my, like it's crazy what you learn about your body composition. About your
0: right arm and how big, how much bigger it is. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the
1: gun show. And
0: That brings us to point number four: sex lives.
1: <laughs> <life. laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Anyway, what you're saying, yes. Nikki? Let's get back Sorry. to that.
3: No worries. Um, <laughs> so we go through all of that data. It takes some time, right? Um, yes. And then we. Take into account like your priorities, your family's medical history, your own personal medical history, and maybe most importantly, like your goals, right? And your symptoms. Um, And then we design a treatment plan. And then we check in with you eight, eight weeks later. How are things going? What's working, what's not? Are you hitting any side effects, right? And then we check in again and do follow-up labs, compare your baseline to your follow-up labs. And this is an ongoing conversation that evolves over time, right? And most of our patients uh, tend to be with us for, years um i have patients that i started with you know nine years ago and we never run out of things to talk about right because yeah they had their hormones dialed in like eight years ago right but then it's like okay now that you're feeling great now that you're sleeping now that your sex life is great now what do you want to do right and they're like i want to run a spartan or i want to like you know kill it at the gym or or I have a grandma who's dying of Alzheimer's disease, and I want to do everything I can to avoid that, Yeah. right? So it's a that's the fun part for me, is these long-term relationships that um, evolve over time.
1: And so I got tuned up pretty quickly on my medicines, and I thought I was doing really good, but um, I wasn't taking my vitamins the way that I should, and so there's no cheating. You can't just go in and like, oh, man, I've got my test coming up. I better start taking my vitamins. No, like you can tell I've been missing my fish oil. Ugh, I've been missing that or whatever the stuff is I'm supposed to be taking. And I don't really like how that makes me feel. Well, try doing it this way. Or now we have to this point, I got to this point and I, we realized that I had a, a, maybe a little bit of a thyroid problem. I, I don't remember if it was elevated or low, but we got on a medicine for that. And that continues to help me lose weight and increase my focus and performance. And I look forward to what's going to happen next time when they take my blood because then I can continually get better. Sure. And I think that that's kind of the secret sauce in living a good life is I'm always looking to learn and to get better and to grow. There's not a point where I'm all of a sudden settling for a slow, degraded life where ultimately I'm, you know, I'm on my way out. I'm not. I'm. I'm a healthy man, but I don't want to be as healthy as possible. And what do I need to do to make that happen? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so that's the big difference for me was it wasn't just a one and done. And I look back at that doctor and how did he know? Like he was looking at the adequate or inadequate range of my vitamin B level and just giving me vitamins to make that better. That's not that's not the way that this works. I tore my rotator cuff once and the doctor's like, I said, what do I need to do to heal best? And he's like, a good balanced diet. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm 230 pounds. I'm this much body mass. Like I knew my, I knew my stuff. I knew my numbers. I was a bodybuilder. I knew my, all those things. And he's like, well, you know, just a regular healthy diet. I'm like, no, no, how much, how many grams of protein do I need? What, where do I, and he had no idea, no idea how I can eat to get healthy. And so it's it's just an ongoing i I love that it's an ongoing relationship of improvement all the time
0: I think that's a that's a very important point okay so a little background my background I was a professional athlete okay shooting up testosterone is uh,
3: familiar right
0: <laughs> but the, but it is an important thing because the sick testosterone just at that one. Um, it's, it has to be important to do it in increments and having a doctor monitor it and making sure that you're in that right range. Because by the same token, you get these guys, now granted they're 25 and that's just what they're doing, right? But overdoing it or doing it without supervision can be equally as detrimental um, than, than not having
1: it at all, right? Even worse, they could be doing testosterone that is actually unhealthy for them. There's different types of hormone therapy. There, it's not all, it's not one thing. And these guys, can we talk a little bit about that? Like mm-hmm. what yeah. makes your hormone therapy a little bit different as far as like the testosterone goes?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause yeah, I think when when people think about testosterone for men, testosterone replacement, and when men think about it, um, they tend to default to either like athletes or um, bodybuilders, right? Performance enhancing, right? Correct. Um, or they tend to also think that it's just for the sex life, right? One of those two things, right? Um, which is is interesting because there's so many longevity benefits to testosterone when it's medically supervised, right? Um, when it's the right type of testosterone and the right dose, right? And monitored, right, over time. Um, so yeah, a lot of, I actually, when I first started doing, um, hormones uh the clinic that i worked at had a demographic of of athletes and bodybuilders who had previously used like black market anabolic steroids right Mm -hmm. um and so the issue with that is, um, the dose, they tend to overdo it, right? No, like what? more is better, <laughs> right? More is always better. I'm like, mm, not so much. There's a Goldilocks zone, right? right? There's this window of opportunity where too low of testosterone symptoms, um, also show up in too high. Right. Oh, really? It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a patient just this morning who told me, He's like, yeah, when I used to take, um, you know, they call it stacking or cycling where they they take multiple steroids at a time. Um, and some of them are not really even designed to be taken by humans, right? Yeah, horse like, tranquilizers. <laughs> horses <laughs> and cattle and who knows, right? Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, when I did that, um, I my libido actually went lower, just mm-hmm. like it d- does when my testosterone is low, right? So there's definitely... Um, a range that we shoot for it, and we call it high normal. So, just to give you an example, like a, a normal total testosterone level, according to the lab, is about um, it's about three hundred and forty to about like nine hundred and twenty. Right, oh, wow. that's the range. Right, it's a pretty big, a range, big. range. Right. Yeah. So we shoot for. The upper end of the range, right, somewhere around like 900 to 1,000. And more importantly, we look at something called a free testosterone, because um, there's total testosterone. That's how much testosterone is floating around in your bloodstream. And then there's free testosterone, and that's the one that's metabolically active. So the free is actually more important than the total. And Kale's is actually a, um, a great case study for this because um, his total testosterone was 900, 907 at baseline. Oh, wow. Right? So he was right there at the upper end of the range, but his free was 11, which is in the bottom quartile. So we still put him on testosterone, and he still experienced all of the benefits, even though his total was actually quite high. Um, and this is where some of our patients actually fall through the cracks, too, because if they go to their primary care and they're like, I'm having all these symptoms, and I Googled it and it says I might have low testosterone, will you check it for me? And the primary care checks it and it's 900, he's gonna be like, whatever, dude. Right, right. Right. You're just like you're trying to get juiced or jacked or whatever, right? And it's you have to look at the free testosterone. Um so I don't remember what the original question was. I'll I'll answer the original (laughs)
2: question. So we're using bioidentical hormones. So what you're they're synthetic hormones and that's where the bad rep comes from. Mm -hmm. So those are things that the pharmaceutical companies can patent. So like there's a horse. What's the horse estrogen? Estrogen that women use. Uh, primary. Yes. So that's a very popular. Like if you go to primary care and they do finally decide to give a poor woman some hormones, that's what they give her because that's what the pharmaceutical companies are pushing. Right? Money so, on. Um and it's a synthetic. Yes. And you can't you can't patent anything produced from the human body or that's in nature. Right. Right. But if they take something like that and tweak it, that's made for a horse and give it to a woman, well, you can put a patent on that and charge a bunch of money. So, we're only using bioidentical hormones. I'll let Nikki kind of explain what that means.
3: Yeah, the term bioidentical just means it's the exact same molecular structure as what our own bodies produce, right? So, ovaries make estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, right? So, we only prescribe hormones that are molecularly identical. They're a match to native hormones that are inherent to the human body, right? They're not drugs, right? Sure. Um, So we don't have drug interactions and we don't have the risks and side effects that are associated with synthetic hormones, right? So when guys hear like bad things about TRT or performance enhancing drugs or bodybuilders who, you know, dropped dead on the stage from a heart attack when they were 42, right? We're talking about something entirely different, right? We're talking about the right type of hormone at the right dose. Um, and watching, being monitored, right? Watching for side effects and, um, and any, you know, because there's a flip side to everything, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that there's no side effects, but they're pretty minimal. Um, and we know what to do when they show up. Um, and they don't tend to be um, deal breakers, right? Like people, the return on investment is heavily favored to you know benefits versus side effects
0: something that you mentioned that's it is very important okay and again as the as an athlete when you say performance enhancing okay most guys think of yeah i'm gonna hit 500 foot home runs you know and how big is this arm gonna get and it's not the performance enhancing that you're talking about and it's it's honestly more important Mm -hmm. is being a dad having the energy to wrestle with your two-year-old you know getting up and going to jiu-jitsu to be healthy that's the mental clarity the is mental clarity. huge, mm-hmm. you know, being able to process and, and deal with stress and anxiety and whatnot that comes to the day, all that's the that's performance, performance enhancing, mm-hmm. right? It's not just get up and go, I'm going to lift 500 pounds today. It, it's, it's not what it is.
3: It's true. We were actually just talking about this on the drive up here, um, the importance of uh, retaining and if you can, increasing lean muscle tissue right, as we age, right? And sometimes there's this misconception out there, well, if I'm not a bodybuilder, if I'm not an athlete, or if I'm not going to the gym every day because I don't have time, because I have five kids and a job, right, then then I don't need to take testosterone, right? And you're right, like, function, you know, quality of life, day-to-day function is way more important than that. However, I will point out that, you know, muscle hypertrophy, like the ability to build muscle, is more important than vanity, right? Like we're not talking about, you know, the peop- guys that just want to have a six-pack, which is totally cool. If you're down, if you're down for that, I will help you all day long get a six-pack, right? But that's that's not necessarily the the goal of muscle hypertrophy. There are significant anti-aging and longevity benefits to being in the 75th percentile for lean muscle tissue as we age, right? And it, if you think about it, it Totally makes sense. It's your ability to move, yeah.
1: right? Your flexibility, your, your flexibility, strength.
3: your mobility, your strength, your um, your bone density, right? Because muscles pulling on joints is what increases our bone density, mm. right? Um, and muscle mass is your biggest glucose dump, right? So when we talk about blood sugar or your risk for diabetes, right? If you have more muscle mass you will pull glucose out of your bloodstream, right? Oh, muscle really? eats up blood sugar more than any other tissue in the body, right? So just having more muscle mass will lower your blood sugar and your risk for diabetes. It Burns cool. more
1: calories. You have burn more calories with yeah. that more muscle. Well, that makes sense, yeah. So you it, you can maintain your weight. You can you can cheat more often. And you don't want to so much, but you can cheat and still be okay because you have the ability to absorb the cheat.
3: Huh.
0: I did not know
1: that.
3: It's so cool. It is cool. On that note, um, Alzheimer's disease and dementia in the functional medicine world is um, being called type 3 diabetes. What? Because we know there's such a strong correlation between blood sugar control and your risk for dementia.
1: What?
3: That makes
0: perfect sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: That's crazy. Um, What are some other long-term, because we've we've touched on it a few times, long-term medical effects of the testosterone and hormone therapy, like where are we going? And when we talk about free tests, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that too. Sure. So what's, give me an example other than um, the strength and the flexibility and maybe dementia. The the
2: USC study that just came out a couple years ago.
3: Yeah. That did focus more on women and cardiovascular disease. um, But it applies to men as well. The, the most common, the chronic diseases that we have the most data for Um, meaning testosterone will reduce your risk of, there's five big chronic diseases. Uh, The first one is cardiovascular disease. And that can't be overstated because uh, one in two people in the United States die of cardiovascular disease, right? So any risk reduction um, in cardiovascular disease is a huge win, right? And I think worth it in and of itself, right? Um, not to mention you know, the subjective benefits. So that's a big one. It will reduce cardiovascular disease. It will reduce your risk of um, cancer. The ones that have the most data are the cancers that are, um, they're called metabolic cancers. So those are the ones that are associated or strongly correlated with blood sugar,
2: Interesting.
3: right? So the big ones are breast, uh, colon, um, pancreas, prostate, Um, those are the top ones. And the more research that we do on cancer, the more we identify a metabolic link, right? So there are cancers that you would think would have nothing to do with blood sugar, but we're starting to see that, that, um, there is a risk factor there with glucose, like bladder cancer, um, even lung cancer. Um, so yeah, it'll decrease risk of metabolic cancers and, and maybe, um, maybe eventually we'll have the data to support that. That's a growth factor for most tumors, right? is um, a big one, and uh, dementia, Alzheimer's is another one, and osteoporosis, which is bone loss, uh, more significant in women than men, but it's still a big deal for a man to break his hip when he's 70, 80 years old. He's gonna, He might be bedridden for the rest of his life. Actually, the risk of mortality within one year of Breaking your hip as an old person is 50%.
1: What? Yeah. That's really high. Wow. And what's the fifth one? The fifth? Diabetes. Diabetes.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. I think so, one thing that's interesting um, from that uh, that recent study that just came out, and it, it was, I don't know, like 100,000 women. It was a, a large population of women they were monitoring, and they saw the, a 50% reduction in heart disease, right? Number one killer for women. Um, and the, the study was saying one of the big things they notice is their arteries don't harden if they do it within six years of menopause. Oh, If they start hormone optimization within six years of menopause, cause a woman's hormones basically just drop off a cliff at that point. Hmm. Right. Oh, Which wow. is why if they, they go to a normal doctor, he's and their testosterone's zero after m- post menopause, the doctor's going to say, Oh, your levels are normal. See you later. Right? Yeah. Oh, so wow. it's like. Um, but it's really, really bad. <laughs> it's not good for a wound. but, um, so it's not, it wasn't necessarily like, I wanted you to know why. Um, and that, that does make sense, right? If your arteries aren't, hard, uh, aren't hard, hardening, you're not going to have buildup and cholesterol probably doesn't even matter at that point because, yeah. uh, again, you don't see a lot of 25 year olds getting heart disease nowadays because... Um, everything's functioning properly. So anyways, I was fascinated when I read that. I'm like, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that is that amazing. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of sense. That would also explain why it's, because of diet,
0: all of this stuff is progressively going more and more. You know, we have more and more instances of
1: it. Yeah. Let's talk about diet just for a quick second. Um, uh, Annie, you know, my uh, my beautiful wife is a gardener. She's a big believer in real food. Um, and the foods that we're receiving more and more in our culture is not real food. Right. We're, we're getting away from that. And so how are these things affecting, um, why is hormone therapy important when we're kind of saturated with this diet of not real food?
3: Yeah, it's actually an ongoing field of research in, in functional medicine um, because we know that the average, a 50-year-old man's testosterone level, 50 years ago, Um, was 50, it's a lot of fifties, but a 50 year old man's testosterone level 50 years ago was was 50% higher than what it is now.
1: Just naturally.
3: Yep. So in five decades, we've seen a drop of 50% in the average population's testosterone levels. Wow. And so there's lots of theories out there about why this is happening. Um, and most of, most of it comes down to what you might call environmental toxicities, right? Um, and that can be everything from plastics like BPAs and glyphosate, which is Roundup, which is in our water and our food and our air. Um, it's it's mo- likely multifactorial, but we know that that, that is happening. Um, and actually with that, um, strongly correlates sperm counts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing a huge increase in infertility and low sperm counts, right? And that makes sense, because the same, you know, um, hormones that drive testosterone, right? Basically, it's LH and FSH. Those are the two hormones that come from the pituitary gland, and they stimulate the testicles to make testosterone and sperm. And so when those drop down, when they're suppressed by whatever, um, you see a decline in testosterone and in sperm counts, right? So I think... The important thing to note is that some, you know, some exposure to these things is essentially unavoidable, right? Like I, you know, we try very hard to eat mostly organic um, so that there's not, you know, excess pesticide burden, right? Or gardening, right, is a great way to do that. You know, but your food gets rained on, right? Right. And there's roundup in our rainwater, right? So because these things, we are known endocrine disruptors, We can pretty safely assume that probably everybody should get their hormones checked because it's likely that there's some, you know, issues, right, from just...
1: There's nothing we can do to get away from it anymore. And I I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I don't have a time machine to go back 50 years and and drink healthy milk and eat healthy vegetables. And so I am in the world that I live in. And so what can I do to do something about it? Because there's nothing I can do to... Um, cut down my glyphosate intake other than try to eat organic and then i have to wonder um, what am i getting from the packaging that my organic tomatoes was in you know what i mean there's no straight from the garden into my mouth for almost anyone anymore
3: yeah it's it's hard but everything you can do to eat real food right a whole food diet is going to be to your benefit absolutely and there's no um you know there's diet is like a huge piece of the puzzle right like i i coach my patients like there's nothing i can do for you that's going to trump a shitty diet right right this can help this is an adjunct this will augment your efforts but it will not make up for eating ho-hos and doritos every day
0: well correct me if i'm wrong but sugar is the actual number one enemy correct like on top of everything where we're going and there's stuff in the water and everything But they've infused sugar into everything. everything. Mm -hmm. And that is actually the big, like... That's enemy number one. Am I am I right about that?
3: I'm not I'm not a huge fan of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a huge fan.
2: Gail um, loves it. Though. I've seen her lose her mind. I can't remember what documentary we were watching on Netflix, and the guy's like, I'd rather have them eat M&Ms than fat. And and like she was like screaming at the T V like, What the hell are you?
3: I so, don't get worked up yes, about Yes, She a agrees. Lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't, but I was I was watching a documentary that had some, I, you know, a little bit of like political and economic, um, bias yeah. towards vegetarianism. Right. And some guy, yeah, made a comment that he would, that Skittles are better for you than red meat. I'm like, Oh, and he was a cardiologist.
1: No. Yeah. It was terrible.
0: That's a real. That's a big propaganda myth, right? The, the the sugar companies and whoever they may be, but Team Sugar, okay. They, they went after sure. and. Do and, we have tinfoil hats to put on for this section? I want a T-shirt. is on Team
2: Sugar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they went after instead of saying that it was the sugar, it was fat yeah. that was doing it, and in the diet that I'm, which we do not have to get into, Rob. Thank calm you, down, gosh. Okay. All right, but fat is what your brain uses. Mm -hmm. good like animal fat right that fat is important to the diet and that was a big propaganda push to push sugar that sugar was okay and it was fat that was the problem
3: for sure and and that research has been completely dismantled um and if anyone's actually interested into a deep dive into this and wants to nerd out on all the you know Government and political and whatever economics that went into the food pyramid and the demonization of fats um, Even saturated fats. There's a really good book called always hungry Um, and he the first part of that book talks about this exactly like How did this come about it was actually based off of one study called the seven countries study by a doctor named Ansel Keys in the 1950s, I believe Um, And he wanted, his hypothesis was saturated fat causes heart disease. And so he went and studied the diets of um, a bunch of different countries and, and found, supposedly, that the lower the saturated fat intake, the lower the rates of heart disease. The biggest problem with that study is he actually studied, I believe, 25 countries. And then he cherry-picked seven countries that confirmed his, his hypothesis his and left all the rest of that out. And we didn't even bother to confirm that before we literally pushed it out in a huge, you know, public health initiative. Saturated fat is bad. Cut back on butter and, you know, eggs, and eat 11 servings of grain and see what happens.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. We were
3: a big fat experiment, literally.
1: And here we are. And here you know, we are. With a food pyramid months. is still. <laughs> In effect, it's crazy to think that we haven't updated that information because it's common knowledge that this is how we fatten up cattle, mm-hmm. you know? And what are we? Chubby cattle. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> the matrix is taking us. They're making us into bigger batteries. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. I wanted to talk about um, shifting gears on the, the hormone therapy and not just to rely on testosterone, but um, there's different things like semaglutide and different things mm-hmm. that people can take to help them with appetite control and weight loss and um it's in the media quite a bit right now can we can we talk a little bit about that sure so i'm taking a shot of the semaglutide and i take the shot on monday mornings and i'm really not very hungry for any carbs till about saturday afternoon and i love (laughs) pasta i'm going to tell you guys right now i love pasta bread that is my jam. I'm, I'm that little German boy that was going down to the bakery every morning with mm-hmm. my OVI and getting bread because it was such a big part of our diet. And it just cuts down the... It just isn't attractive. Like I still order it. I still think it looks sexy, and then I take a couple bites. And I'm just like, this isn't doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the semiglutide itself that's doing it, or if something happening in my mind. But can we talk about that? Because I think that's the biggest reason that I'm losing the weight that I am. It isn't the testosterone. It's this. It's and it's a combination. So yeah. how does it work?
3: Yeah, we use semaglutide uh, as a uh, body composition, you know, intervention um, because it works quite quickly, right? And then we use things like testosterone and eating real food and lowering your blood sugar um, in the background to help facilitate the weight loss and also to help maintain it once you stop the semi-glutide, right? Because it would be, um, you know, a little bit um, short, I don't know what the word is, but basically... If you're not thinking long term, right? You have to when you talk about weight loss, you have to you have to make interventions that are sustainable and maintainable for the patient. Otherwise, it's a disservice to have them drop 50 pounds and then gain 70.
1: Yeah. Right, right? It's so it's a lifestyle we're talking about. It's not just a quick fix.
3: For sure. But it is a beautiful intervention uh, because it does work um, quite quickly and so people are able to maintain their motivation, right? When they see results, right? Um and I like it too because it's actually something called a peptide. Um and peptides are little short chains of proteins that um that are inherent to the human body. We've identified about like the human body has about seven thousand different peptides. Mm. But pharmaceutically we've been able to synthesize and replicate about thirty-five of them. And semiglutide is one of those peptides. So it's actually it's not actually a drug, it's a peptide. Mm. Um and it it's called a GLP one, and it does several physio. It has several physiologic um, mechanisms, but uh, one of the things is it does cut your cravings for carbohydrates. Um, and crazy! It's, it's crazy. It's That's what you This is wild. It is so cool, um, and so it gives you a degree of separation from. Your food the and addiction. allows you to. I'm going to
1: use it. I'm going to say okay. it. the addiction we could say that. to the carbs. We could. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but that's what it was.
3: It it is. Yeah. Um. And it's being. Uh. I don't think that. I think this has been a happy like side effect that has been observed in the medical community, and now I'm seeing more and more. Um, not research, but people who are like, hey, we should study this for food addiction, right? Or binge eating disorder, Mm. right? Because it literally takes it away. It throws
1: a switch. It's crazy. Does it work on beer too? Does that affect my...
3: It could if you let it.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Beer isn't as attractive as it's been in the past.
0: So from what I am understanding, is the function of this shot, okay? There's like the old school way of like, you're going to have hardcore willpower, and this is why we're going to eat it. And this right. is kind of the the little intervention, if you will, to kind of push past that point. And then once, I've, I have been learning this, that carbs, once you're off of them and you've, you've transitioned your body, the cravings actually do subside, and they you do. don't you stop craving them.
3: They do. Um, but a lot of people relapse, right? Because if you're literally white-knuckling it, right, if you're relying entirely on your own willpower and you're, you know, you're...
0: Full-figured fella? Triple F. (laughs) Full-figured (laughs) fella.
1: It's a club.
3: Right? There's a high degree of relapse. Yeah. Right? Um, And so, yeah, that's one of the mechanisms um, that uh, semi-glutide facilitates. But it also has physiologic benefits, like it will um, increase your insulin sensitivity. um, But uh, it will have a direct effect on your appetite in the central nervous system, um, so, it actually does about seven or eight different things simultaneously. But subjectively, people notice a significant difference in, or a significant decrease in their appetite, and um, particularly no more cravings.
1: So, here's the weird thing I go to the restaurant, I still order my favorite thing, whatever that is, right? I've got my restaurants, everyone has their favorite thing at the restaurant. I'm very habitual, so I go to restaurants and I, I don't even need to look at the menu, I know what I'm going to order. I order it, it comes to me, and it's just not good. That is my fridge is clear full of leftovers. Like My dog's diet is terrible now because <laughs> they're eating all the things I don't want to throw away because I'm too cheap to be like, no, I want a box for that. I know I'm never going to eat it. And so I, I'm bringing home a lot more food because I'm still the old habitual orderer of food. Um, today I went to my favorite restaurant, one of my favorites. Um, I'm going to do a shout-out for Ying's Restaurant. They do Thai food there in Sandy. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And I went to order... The lady knows what I order. Like I came in and she's like, the normal? Because I've been going there long enough, she knows what I want. And I'm like, no, I just want the papaya salad. Can I get extra shrimp? So it's it's a vegetable, a fruit, and some protein, but it's not all this rice and all the stuff that I normally get. And she's just like, who is this person? you know? And so it's just... I'm having to, it's more than just my, it's a habitual way of living that's shifting in me now that would have never happened otherwise. I would have never, I would have gone to that restaurant and I would have ordered the thing I always order because it's so dang good. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. It's not that good for me. And so these little changes along the way going down the road, I don't eat bread anymore unless it's freshly baked sourdough bread from Annie, which is amazing. It's worth, it's worth the, the bread. Mm-hmm. but now I look at tortilla shells and all these things before where I used to like hear healthy people and I'm like you are full of shit like I don't want, I don't want flour tortillas because it's not good for me and I'm, I'm, now I'm that guy I'm turning into that because it just doesn't taste good
0: can I just real quick on a quick side note Go. so we're doing the carnivore we're not going to get into okay? <laughs> so, it but M made chicken tortillas the tortillas they look like have you seen this? Mm-hmm. oh my god they're phenomenal yeah. there are replacements out there that's the point that's
1: i had it. a cauliflower <laughs> crust pizza the other day which i've always thought yeah. you're ridiculous if you're ordering that man it was good It's good. <laughs> it was so good it's very good and so it's the shifting of the thinking about the food that is important to me i'm not going to be on semi-glutide for the rest of my life i'm not it just isn't practical and i don't know if there's long-term effects or short-term effects it doesn't matter to me all i know is i'm getting to my i'm 13 pounds away from my goal weight and at that goal weight. And I think we were on our motorcycle trip, and um, you had just told me, like, well, Rob, your optimum weight is at your, looking at your DEXA, and the whole thing is this. And I, I remember having a conversation with Kel, like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. Not going to do That's not going to happen. And here I am, only 13 pounds away from it. But back then, I was still. 26 pounds away from it wow. i was a long ways away from it and so here i am approaching this goal which was flat out unimaginable for me mm-hmm. because of these this medicine that's happening and i like the fact that there's a point where i can quit taking this and i've had a shift in my my psychology about the food that i'm ordering do you get what i'm saying absolutely it's so it's more absolutely. lifestyle than it is a temporary fix to help me lose weight i'm not taking a diet pill hoping that i lose the weight that i want and when i quit taking it which i've done this before more more i gain more back and so it's it's kind of a i hate to say the word because it's overused but it's kind of a miracle in my life how it's changed
0: and it is kind of wild how you you get going down these paths and it if you can just push past the first 30 days and then you can Mm -hmm. just push past that like 45 60 day mark and then it turns into something that you you're screaming from the rooftops because you you are yeah. feeling so much better, yeah. And and then it becomes kind of the challenge. How am I going to make a tortilla shell? But well, we're going to use chicken. What in the world? Yeah, right. real. But nah, that works. And then, you, then yeah. you kind of get excited about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it keeps perpetuating. And big yeah, muscles. yeah. That's the, so I mean, we'll point, see I'm seeing the, the veins in Rob's
2: arm right now. Just by the way, he's, his his oh, vascularity yeah. is. Uh, but I have to admit, I was shocked when I saw the year-over-year picture of you. I was just like, oh my god, it was. I hadn't I mean I've been seeing you often I hadn't seen how drastic the change was until I saw year over year and it was it was shocking to me when somebody pointed that out.
1: Thank you. And I want you to know that even with the testosterone and the semaglutide and the vitamins and the minerals and stuff like that, I'm putting in the work. Mm-hmm. I'm showing up at the gym. I'm still, I still have accountability for how I want to look and feel. It just is becoming easier for me to do so because I have the energy, I have the focus, and my recovery is so much better. The thing that got me coming to you guys is about a year and a half ago, we went to Dustin, Florida, and Annie took some pictures of me and my, my baby girl on the beach, and I'm wearing my favorite trunks. And you know, it's February, so there's no Floridians on the beach, but we're down there having a great time because it's above... 27 degrees below zero you know what I mean <laughs> and we're playing in the water just a little bit having a great time and Annie took a picture of me and I thought how did I get back to this point I do not like how I look I don't I was ashamed of how I looked because I had lost so much weight when you lose over 100 pounds putting it back on there's a lot of shame involved and so for me going to you guys and kind of discovering this process there was some shame in our first appointment I was embarrassed that I was back in this position how the f- did that happen Because I'm fearful of being that heavy guy again. It's it's not something I ever want to feel. Picking that up and putting it down all day, it's exhausting. And then um, seeing the results, and kind of, I was very excited initially, but I wouldn't tell anybody about it because I was um, prepared to be disappointed again. Mm. I went to that hormone doctor and I was prepared. Like, okay, I've got to do something, but this hasn't worked before. Why would it work now? And I am just so extremely grateful. And I didn't know the long-term effects. I didn't know cancer runs in my family. My mom died of a brain cancer. Dad died of prostate cancer. And cancer is, it's on the horizon for me if I don't do something about it today. I'm in my 50s and I'm grateful that I'm doing it, but I would say the, the, the sooner the better. Yeah. There's, there's no reason that you shouldn't feel your best ever life is too short to feel like crap and if you are feeling that lack of focus that lack of energy you're struggling to lose that last 10 pounds whatever it is there's no reason this is so much more affordable than you can imagine this isn't for those rich folks anymore that live in hollywood that can get the shot and can get the thing done i'm not that guy i have a a budget that i can afford and this fits well within that budget and the roi on it is going to last me for the rest of my life And I, I know that sounds very zealot, but I don't care because it's the truth. Like, I'm so stinking surprised at the results. I was fully expecting this to fail. Right. And so here we sit. And so are these typically the results that you're getting with these men as they're coming in, if they stick with the program for the year, like this is give us a year, this is what we'll do?
3: Yeah, for sure. And I, you bring up a good point that um, kind of like I was alluding to um, with the commitment right like you still have to put in the work you can't take testosterone and sit on a couch and grow six pack right um and so our patients tend to be have a similar mindset to you where they're proactive about their health they um they don't want to accept normal aging right um and so and we try to be very transparent about what they can expect and when right Because it is, everybody's a little different, but there are fairly predictable milestones um, that we can achieve, right? Like around three to four months, you should notice better energy and better libido. Around six months, you should notice better sleep and better mental clarity. Um, Body composition is usually nine to 12 months, right? Um, So yeah, it's definitely a long-term process and you're in year two and we're still going, right? So
2: yeah. I will be honest with you guys. So, I I see all the texts that come into our office and uh, I kid you not... It's almost like weekly people just practically text us random stuff about this is happening and they're just so excited and they want to tell. Um, But the best is when I get those messages from guys that like... I just woke up with an erection <laughs> for the first time in 20 years, right? I mean, they are pumped. They're like, what, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And so there are stuff. I mean, if, if that doesn't get you in the door, guys, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know what is. Um, yeah. But well, yeah. That's. As we're
1: wrapping up, guys, it's uh, it's just important to me as we're wrapping up. Is there anything else about, and we, I think we should probably have a part two on this, but is there anything part else? Part
0: two, I feel like we've only scratched the yeah. surface. Yeah. I think, because we didn't even talk about diet, I've got all sorts of questions.
1: As, as I'm thinking about this, as I'm a man stepping into this and I'm stepping out of my ego, like, is there a possibility for me to have a better life? Is there a possibility for me to have more energy? What is the most important thing that you would want to tell of the hundreds of people that men that you've met? And I'm speaking specifically to this crowd, fellas, because we're the 30%. We need to be stepping up and we need to be living a more healthy life. We need to not just do it for us, but for our families, for our employees, all, all the way around, everybody benefits.
2: What's the one thing, the message you could give these guys that they need to hear? I mean, for What's funny is what brings people in the door, it's the symptoms. But... And I'm always telling them but what you should really care about is that quality of life you're going to have. You're still going to be having sex when you're 88 years old, right? Everything's still going to work. You're going to be hiking mountains. You're going to be doing the things you want to do. Or you can be like all the other Americans that are going to spend the most money they will in their entire lifetimes on medical care in the last 5 years of their life. That's when all our money gets spent on medical care. And it's not fun. It's, you're going around, like, do you want to go to Walmart and be on the little scooter thing, cruising around? Yeah. Or do you that's want to say too able, late. Yeah. Um, don't, you got to do it now. What you do in your forties and your fifties and your sixties is going to drive what's going to happen then. So if you can just get out of thinking of the present moment, um, that's what I'm always talking to guys about. Like I want, I don't want to be, and especially with my friends, like all my friends hear about this all the time. Cause I don't want to find out you had a heart attack or developed cancer. And I'm sick of it, right? No. Um, and I want you to be around and hanging out with me and golfing and hiking and riding bikes when we're 80, in our 80s and 90s, and still have your head about you. I don't want to be. I don't want to get... Uh, I don't want to be able to um, lose, you know, that, uh, the memory and the, the ability to do the things that I love. I love that. Well, Mickey. Yeah,
3: it's very... Along the same lines there's a there's a term or a concept in functional medicine called health span, right? People are familiar with lifespan, how long you live, right? right. But health span might be even more important and health span is the amount of time that you spend in your life without a chronic disease diagnosis. Wow. Mm. And and everybody understands this intuitively. Like for me, I want to die in my sleep when I'm 99 years old, right? I want to have been like in Italy the month before you know, doing all my things, and then just go out quick, right? Everybody wants that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to spend the last 20, 30 years of their life managing diabetes or managing cardiovascular risk, right? Or or cardiovascular disease or, you know. Um, And so hormones are very, a potent anti-aging intervention that have been shown to not only um, reduce risk of acquiring a, a chronic disease, but also delaying the onset of one mm. so that we can all go out quick and easy at the end and not have to spend the last 2-3 decades of our life feeling like garbage. Mm. So that that to me is the coolest thing about what we do. Um and I like resolving people's symptoms, right? Because they come in with pain points, right? And and once we get, once we fix that and get past that, then the conversation evolves into like, okay, what's what runs in your family? What do we need to watch for? What do we need to screen for? You like puzzles, what, don't you? I do, right? <laughs> I, I'm a nerd, and I love it. Yeah. So it's just it's so much fun to be able to not only improve patients' quality of life, but also their longevity. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's my jam. Well, I it's really awesome. want to
1: thank you guys for being a part of our yeah. podcast today. Uh, thank you guys. And I I want to uh, just. If I could boil it down to my thought is that um, accountability in life, um, it determines our level of happiness. I'm accountable for my own happiness. I make the choice to have a good day today. Now, with this kind of information, I make the choice to live a healthier life. And it's accountability that I am in charge of how I want to live and my quality of life. And that accountability comes down to me as a man. And making that choice doesn't just benefit me. It benefits all those in my sphere. I can live a better life. I'm happier. That makes everybody else live a better life, and they're happier. I'm going to say, gentlemen, if you have an opportunity, take a moment to think about your quality of life, and it's something that you are ready to improve. Make the call. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Anything yeah. else, Topher?
0: No, that's that sums the whole thing. I, guys, it, you have to take care of yourself and start as soon as you can. And there are things out there, like especially when you're coming out of the – I'm just starting into the 30s now, but I can feel my body like it's not – what 25 was this wasn't you know and stuff starting to change I'm all for it and I, I hope more guys get into it absolutely yes
2: yeah. and just uh, I mean we do free consults at the clinic so you can come in, get the information. We're never trying to push it on you. In fact, I refer people to other clinics if they're not a good fit for us. Hmm. Um, I just wanna get people, I want people to get hormones. I never felt sold. Um, I've never felt sold in there. And we have all the studies to support everything we talked about. I mean, you could call us and like, hey, Kale, will you send those to me? You know, we've got 150 studies that support um, our protocols, that the way we treat patients, um, and we can show you the data that what happens when there's a lack of hormones. We can show you those studies as well. So. The very least. If you want more information, give us a call. So, we're happy. brilliant. All right,
1: we're going to include the information to contact uh, Revitalized Solutions in the uh, notes for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, Thanks guys. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.